You're listening to Episode 7 of the Mad Chatters Podcast, November 12, 2014. Most everyone's mad here. Welcome to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. My name is Derek, and I'm here with my fellow host, Jeremy. Hello. And someone who is not here yet is Matthew. Matthew has had a very busy week. This week, um, he had a brand new baby, little baby Olaf. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) No, he had a little baby girl, and so he will be joining us in a little bit. Um, All right, but Jeremy, while I have you here, I want to talk about some of the holiday stuff that has popped up at the park, and I want to know, have you seen yet A Frozen Holiday Wish, the new stage show? I have, and as much grief as I have given Frozen over these last few months, and it has deserved all of it, I really enjoyed the Castle stage show that's new at Mickey's Very Merry Christmas. I think it fits perfectly, and as much as we've completely about Frozen over the last couple of weeks, especially with the new Maelstrom ride replacement, it, Frozen fits at that castle show where it does not fit other... I think that's my biggest complaint about it before, is it did not fit in Epcot. It fits here at the Magic Kingdom with this show. Elsa does a great job. The music is wonderful. I think it's nice. Okay, so this is just for the Christmas party. It's not every night. As far as I know, it's just Christmas party. Oh, okay. I think they did it. they did it one night as... The non-Christmas party is like the introduction of the season kind of a thing. Okay. But I think it's only at the Christmas party And now. this used to be Cinderella and the Fairy Godmother, is that right? Well, a while ago it was. It was Cinderella, Fairy Godmother, and she makes a wish and the Fairy Godmother lights up the castle. But in recent years, it has just been like Mickey and the Fab Five doing a little Christmas show with the reindeer and Santa. Um, so okay. it's replacing that. As far as from what I understand, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's just at the Christmas party. Okay. Well, I liked it. I, it makes you're right. It makes total sense. Um, so basically, what it is is every night they light up the castle, of course. Um, and now the story is that it's Elsa who's lighting it up, and she, of course, asks your permission because it's not her kingdom. So she wants to make sure it's okay if she lights up your castle. It better stay that way, not her kingdom. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So Anna comes out and they have, it's like maybe seven or eight minutes long. Um, And then they do some neat projection things where she does her Elsa hands where where she's like casting a spell. (laughs) Uh, Matt mentioned in a text to me that he thinks the projections are kind of awkwardly long. Like they go on maybe a couple minutes too long because it's like, okay, just light up the castle. Well, it's building the show. It's, right, it's building the right. anticipation. And the music really adds to it as well. Uh, I agree. And shocker, they play Let It Go, an, instru- <laughs> an instrumental version. But it is. Like, when the lights finally do come on, it's like, ooh, that was worth worth the wait. And the lights are supposed to simulate ice on the castle. It's exactly. not just lights to have lights. But it looks like the castle has been iced over. And they, it, it's, they've done this for years, but now... Specifically with Frozen, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Now, what do you think about our very first glimpse of an Olaf walking character? Okay, two things. <laughs> One, I'm really disappointed in the fact that his mouth and features are not articulated. I know. Because 
I figured with Olaf as popular as this is, this is going to be around for a while. They sure. would have invested like they do with the the Fab Five show with Mickey and Minnie and Donald, and also Timon in Oh yeah, uh, Festival, Festival of the Lion, Lion King. King. Yeah, you know. So I thought they would at least spare the extra expense and have Olaf uh, blinking and moving his mouth, but they don't. And I also have this weird thing, and I know characters are characters and they're not real people. I get that. <laughs> don't send me judgmental emails but there's something weird like if olaf is only supposed to be three feet tall and then nope. he's six feet tall on the stage nope. it's weird that's exactly what i was gonna say he when he comes out he comes out on the balcony first yeah and it's like perfect he's so far away i'm actually kind of impressed with how they did the character like his arms could be a little skinnier, skinnier. i mean obviously you can't do that but i'm like okay he's got sticks for arms so that's kind of weird yeah but overall i'm impressed with the character but when he comes down to their level and he's like towering <laughs> over anna it's like this is not right this is weird no i feel the same way about abu when he meets with Ooh. aladdin and jasmine it's just <laughs> weird seeing this he's supposed to be able to sit on aladdin's shoulder not, right you know. <laughs> not tackle him and play where's aladdin <laughs> exactly so you know, I understand that they probably – it would be offensive to hire little people or something to play Olaf. I get that. <laughs> but I think it was, it's it's necessary. Yeah. But I think we agree that the good outweighs the bad. It's a neat show. Definitely. It's very nice. And like I said, finally Frozen has found a place where it fits and yes. makes sense. And yes. that's why I can accept it. And it's one of those little touches that Disney would not have to do this. Like, you've already paid to get into the park. They could just switch the lights on at dusk or whatever. But they do these little shows that really make it special. So. Yeah. And and it'll last, you know, I imagine Frozen will be there for a few Christmas seasons. Well, yeah. If you go to the parks anytime soon, you'll definitely see all the new holiday decorations and treats and all that kind of stuff. They're slowly um, bringing those out. Um, speaking of treats, I did want to mention two things I saw on Twitter this week about new food items. One is at ESPN Zone, which I still kind of want to go to because they're always trying exotic new foods like that peanut butter and jelly burger that I pointed out that one time. Anyway, but they just announced that they're uh, introducing a barbecue pulled pork grilled cheese sandwich, which I think sounds really good. So it's basically like a grilled cheese sandwich and then like the pulled pork in between. That does sound good, but that sounds like a lot of grease. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, no, you're right a lot. <laughs> um, okay, but the other item that you may have seen is at the Pop Century Food Court, and it's a breakfast sandwich. Have uh, you seen this? <laughs> yes, this looks like vomit. Ugh. It is a breakfast sandwich with, with eggs, bacon, and cheese, but it's sandwiched between two frosted strawberry Pop-Tarts. So it's like a Pop-Tart sandwich <laughs> with eggs and cheese and what else in bacon. it? Bacon. Oh, it seriously looks like somebody vomited all over. It looks so gross. And it's it, it doesn't even make sense. Like, Pop-Tart is not a good... <laughs> it's not a good... Like, it doesn't hold together well. It just crumbles. I, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. No. And I, it's frosted. Like, <laughs> at least two. Like, yeah. a plain Pop-Tart. I don't know. Well, somebody today on Twitter, I forget who, I should give them credit if I knew. Sorry, but they said they made a healthier version at home and they used a non-frosted Pop-Tart as their... Oh, so much better. Yeah, yeah. so much healthier. I just don't get it. First off, the, just the combinations grows. It's kind of like how they used to do, uh, not at Disney World, but I've seen where they do the Krispy Kreme donuts yes. as the hamburger. That's just not appealing to me. There's some foods that don't need to be combined. See, I would do that. Ugh. And I think the donut would hold together better. But this just sounds like... 
listen, we got an extra shipment of Pop-Tarts <laughs> on accident. Uh, we need to do something with these. <laughs> Throw some eggs on it. It'll be fine. Ugh. Uh, I don't get it. Well, Pop-Tarts have a lot more calories in it than what I thought. Like, seriously, two Pop-Tarts is like 500 calories. No. So I'm not even kidding. I stopped buying them after I saw wow. that. And then you figure the eggs and the bacon. You're, that's like a 1,500-calorie sandwich yeah. right there. Cheese. I just don't get it. Cheese <laughs> with a strawberry Pop-Tart. I'm telling you. Ugh, that's gross. Vomit. That's all it is. Vomit, yeah. vomit. Well, anyway, uh, that's kind of the news for the week. And that's perfect timing because here is our other host, Matthew. Yo-ho. That's good. That's cute, right? I like that better than hoopty do hello hoopty do hello And there it is. All right, on today's show, we're going to be counting down our top five live shows uh, to kind of counter the non-live shows we did a few weeks ago. So stay tuned for that. But first, we've got a review for you. So we're going to do some eating around the world. Recently, Matt, you went to Cooks of Dublin, and we all have been there before, but uh, tell us what you got this time and what you thought about it. Uh, the time I went with you guys, I believe I got the fish and chips, and to be honest with you, I, I don't remember it being anything very memorable. Actually, maybe we should explain, first of all, what Cooks of Dublin is. That's probably a good idea. Cooks of Dublin is a uh, quick service restaurant that is adjacent, actually conjoined to uh, Raglan Road, the big Irish pub. So I, uh, that is a nice sit-down table service restaurant, you could say. Cooks of Dublin's out on the side, more like a diner feel to it. Walk yeah. up, order at the counter, sit down, they bring it to you. Fast food type place. But features a lot of the same kind of authentic English, Irish kind of food. Uh, I think when I went the first time with you guys, I got the battered fish and chips which was good. I, I don't think it was anything special, but then again, I'm not a huge fish and chips fan. I remember the candy bar being delicious. But this past time we went with my wife and I a few weeks ago, I ordered the extremely bad for you battered burger. Ooh. Yeah, so this is a, 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 a hamburger patty that is beer battered and then deep fried. Mm. Ooh. With a bun too? Yes. And I just wanted to try something different, and everything about it sounded delicious. And so. <laughs> and terrible for you. Well, you know, at, at times, you just got to do what you got to do. Mm. And so I ordered it, and uh, it actually came, and I thought it was going to be like really greasy and nasty, you know, like a, like a five guys kind of greasy burger, especially. Like a battered burger. Yeah, you would think it's going to be like in a paper sack that likes falling apart because of grease <laughs> yeah. stains, but it was actually, and it was actually quite quite nice looking, and it had a nice homemade um, bun on it, you know, with some of the flour on it, and like a really nice scratch looking scratch made looking bun. Um, it comes with some mixed field greens on it, a tomato chutney, which is kind of sweet, and also a garlic mayonnaise. Ooh. Oh, and it was delicious. Everything together. And the burger was not – it was fried properly, so it wasn't greasy or soggy. It was perfectly crispy. And it was actually a little neat little patty, very small, deep fried though, but and but it had a great texture to it. All the sauces and the wonderful 
let's call it juice, <laughs> has had soaked into the bread. And so just getting one bite of the crunchy and the tomato and the sweet and the garlic mayonnaise all together was was terrific. My wife Jessica got the um, one of the pot pie type things. She got the chicken and field mushroom pie, and she enjoyed that as well. That is what I had when I went. I loved it. It's in that puff pastry, and it's got like the mm-hmm. rich, creamy sauce. And yeah, I really, really liked that when we went. Okay, I'm yeah. looking at pictures of this beer battered burger. Oh my gosh, I should not have looked these up because I want one right now. You should do yourself a favor and get it. It's not gross. Like, yeah, I'm a big guy and I enjoy food, but it almost looks like chicken fried steak on the outside, or like fried chicken maybe. And you bite into it, and then there's a burger. It's kind of weird. Beer batter is almost like tempura batter, like Japanese tempura. It's got the carbonation with it, uh, but it just makes a really crisp batter. Don't think like onion ring fried or anything like that. Two questions. One, uh, I don't think we said where this restaurant is. It's at Downtown Disney, and it's kind of where the... I said that. Oh, did you? But it's right there where Pleasure Island and... The West, uh, the marketplace meets. Yes, smack in the middle, yeah. Smack the By the water. How did you find the crowds level at the restaurant? Was it pleasant? Because I remember when we were there a couple years ago, of course it was at nighttime, and I don't remember if it was a weekend or not, but I remember it was really crowded and there's very yeah. limited well, seating. That's in the there. thing, yeah, it's the limited seating because when we were there, we were the only ones waiting in line to order, I'm pretty sure. It's just that all the tables inside were taken because there are maybe six tables inside. Yeah, well, I don't know if they've expanded seating, but they have the inside seating, and then out front of the restaurant, they have some seating, and then between that and Raglan Road, it looks like they have made a little courtyard with some gates, oh. and there's some round tables out there that it was it was pretty easy to find. We did have to wait on somebody to get up, but it was pretty quick. And downtown Disney right now is still a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, well, just getting in, I didn't find it. Like terribly hard. It's just a little bit of traffic back up trying to turn in. There's only one entrance. No, I mean like the construction going on there. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Trying right. trying to get in there in your car is. is I, I was there a couple months ago and they were doing a lot of construction by the Lego store. And you know that's a high traffic area and it was as mm-hmm. narrow as maybe three people could walk across. And I it was saw terrible. This week. I saw last week that they were starting to take down some of those construction walls over there near what's going to be called the landing. Hmm. Uh, which is where which is where Raglan Road is located and, and the Cooks of Dublin. So maybe some of those walls, I haven't been there since, but I think some of those walls have come down. My second question, how much does this burger cost? It was like $11, like ten ninety nine for a burger and your fries. And you can load up on the, um, I think it's called Dalky Mustard, which is like over at the condiment bar. You can just pump all you want. It's like It's almost like stone ground, whole grain mustard mixed with mayonnaise. Hmm. It's just it's a great. That's sauce a lot price. cheaper than I thought because when you were describing the burger, I was thinking this is going to be like a fifteen, sixteen dollar mm-hmm. burger. But uh, I might be incorrect on that, but I, I think it was. I think it was ten ninety nine. That's great. I want one right now. <laughs> I know. I really enjoyed this place when we went. Like you said, you just stand at the counter and order. But it did for a, for a limited menu have a lot of good authentic English options. Now, Derek, yeah. you you uh, Matt brought it up, but last time when we were there, you ordered. A special dessert. Yeah, the dough bar, D-O-H. It was I'm a, sorry, insert. The battered burger and chips is ten ninety five. Yeah, that's really good then. Yeah, no, the, we got the dough bar. It's a deep fried Snickers, basically. It was good. I, I mean, it was 
a deep fried Snickers. <laughs> so about yeah, what you'd expect. But it, it's only available there, right? As far as I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. I remember liking it as well. Mm-hmm. I usually rely on Derek to find uh, the good <laughs> food options, and so I certainly do my research before I go to parks. <laughs> he hasn't let me down yet. Yeah, I think that for the money and for the food, if you just want that kind of food. Go to Cooks of Dublin every time because the, the portions are a bit smaller and um, the prices are a lot better than if you were to go into Raglan Road. But Raglan Road's the kind of place you want to go if you really want like an immersive pub experience right. with the live entertainment, you know, nice sit down kind of place. It's the place you want to be at a long time to get your money's worth. Right. If you just want to get the food and get out, just do cook, Cooks of Dublin every time. Yeah, I like it. And usually when you're at Downtown Disney, at least in my experience, I'm usually there just to eat real quick and to go shopping and look around and walk around. I can't really think that I would want to go there for a long meal, but that's just me. It's time for 11 Second Rants. You think you could do these things, but you just can't, Nemo! I can't take it anymore! Alright, that's it! Dishonor! Dishonor on your whole family! Blast this pen! Blast this wretched, wretched pen! No thanks to you, I am the laughing stock of the entire kingdom! I know it's a rock! Don't you think I know a rock when I see a rock? I've spent a lot of time around rocks. You are a toy! Dear family of seven, it is not necessary for you to walk completely horizontally side by side down the most narrow pass of Walt Disney World. It's unfair to make me and my wife walk single file down a lane because you're trying to do an Amish search party through Adventureland. The queue for Soren is one of the worst things ever. I already feel like cattle being herded into that long hallway. The last thing I want is people's sweaty arms waving in my face for some interactive screen that doesn't even work. I need you to get your sweaty, matty arm off of me and get your fanny out of poking in my back as you're trying to bust through me and my family to get into the theater first, only to realize that you've got to move all the way down the row and I'm going to be the one sitting dead soon. And they're always like, I'm not my I want to find whoever thought it would be a good idea to put those marbles in the door in the queue of the rock and roller coaster and punch them in the face. I also want to punch in the face of all the people who feel it's necessary to walk by and. I seriously would consider paying upwards of $30 for some sort of souvenir mug where you could refill for free at any Disney World location. I don't know why Disney World doesn't sell something like that. Disney, after all the years of offering the free resort transportation to and from the parks, you'd think you'd think of a more efficient way to load wheelchairs on and off your buses. The last thing I want at the end of a hot, sweaty day at the park, full of 50 people in line, is to have to wait on you to unload Mama and her scooter mm. off that bus. 
Alright Disney, if you're going to build a sidewalk, at least have the decency to finish that sidewalk so I don't get almost all the way to Grand Floridian when I'm already running late for a dinner reservation, only to find that the sidewalk stops 200 feet short. Mm. Alright guys, how many resorts, I'm asking you to think on the top of your head, how many resorts are at Walt Disney World? Do either of you know? It's like 15 or 16, isn't no, it? No, hold on. Let me think. There's like four four values. I'd say maybe nine moderates, six or seven. I'm going to say tw- like 23. Moderates. I'm going to say 23. I mean, I don't know the answer. <laughs> oh, wait. You, what? I thought this was like a game, a trivia no, game. No. Disney's claiming that there are... In reality, there's like 15. They say there's more than 25, but they're counting the deluxe villas and DVC places at existing resorts. Mm. So if you're counting that, there's over 25, but they're counting like Animal Kingdom plus the deluxe villas and the DVC resort part. Well, anyway, my point is there are a lot of resorts, and so every once in a while we're going to pop in with a resort roundup and talk about uh, some of the resorts we've stayed at. <laughs> that was a really a long way around to get to a general introduction. <laughs> I thought you were like wanting to do like a really good introduction. Like There are over 25 resorts. I was being so diligent. <laughs> I was doing that. Well, anyway, there's a lot of them. Let's get on with it. <laughs> I was doing that, but in a question and answer format. So anyway, okay. today for the Resort Roundup, we're going to be discussing Port Orleans Riverside. We've all stayed there, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so why, first of all, let's just kind of explain it. You've got two sides of Port Orleans. The other side that we're not going to talk about is French Quarter. And then the yes. side we are going to talk about is Riverside. And it's split up into two sections, Alligator Bayou which is like the bayou section in New Orleans, basically. And then Magnolia Bend, which is has the old mansions, um, kind of like slave traders or slave owners, basically, <laughs> to make you feel creepy for staying there. Well, now yeah. we, you can't say you like staying there. <laughs> I know, but it's got like the four old plantation mansions. Um, where did you stay, Matt? Oh, first of all, I want to be a smarty pants and point out that um, the Port Orleans used to be its own resort. Right. It, it is its own resort, but it didn't used to be the separation. It used to be, speaking of slave trade, it used to be called <laughs> Dixie. Dixie Landings, yeah. which I think it ditched in the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Uh, so that's that's a nifty little fact for you. Politically you correct, and they there just split go. it up like that. Um, we... When I was smaller, we used to stay in the plantation homes all the time. But lately, my last two trips that I've stayed there, we've been at the Alligator Bayou. What do you think of it? I like it, and you know, the, the when I was when I was small, smaller, a little kid, we used to always stay at Dixie Landings, and we were always in one of the plantation homes, and I liked that. So the first time I stayed in one of the Bayou rooms, when I was a teenager, or so I wasn't too sure about it. But the last two times, I would probably prefer those overstaying over in the plantation things. I, I'm one of those guys that like being a little bit away from the central hub, not only for crowds, but just I like a good morning walk up to the front to get my coffee or my stuff. I like exploring the resort. Mm. So if you want to do that, you like the walk and you want to be kind of away from everything, the uh, the bayou buildings are the place to stay. This resort is huge. I mean, it's very expansive. It's very spread out. 
I stayed in Alligator Bend, excuse me, Alligator Bayou one time, and I liked it, but to me it was very generic looking. There was nothing really uh, special outside as far as that you know details and things it was nice but if you're so if you're looking for just a normal kind of hotel room this is a good place to stay personally i love the magnolia bend i love the architecture i love the facade how it looks like one giant big plantation home in fact um the first time i stayed there i was by myself at port orleans and i stayed in the alligator bayou and i went for a walk and I didn't know about the Magnolia Bend on the other side. And when I walked over there, I was like, oh, why am I mm. not staying over here? Now, <laughs> like, look, really I wanna, I'm going to fight you on this because when you stay over at the Alligator Bayou, uh, we've already explained this a little bit, but the Magnolia Bend that you're talking about, that's the big plantation mansions, very uppity and south kind of thing. And they have the fountains out front of Yeah. Them. And a lot of those are also the new – royal princess rooms or whatever the themed rooms like that yeah from princess and the frog yeah now the alligator bayou is the bayou more rural swampy feeling that's the way it is i like that because the trees down here in florida already have the spanish moss all over them that's beautiful but see when i when you go outside of the alligator bayou they have a number of those man-made ponds that have like the stumps sticking out of them and yeah you hear the true. frogs going and they're playing that that banjo music i think it's got a real good real good vibe to it out there and it's very quiet feeling away from everything yeah i'll give you that well you have to <laughs> this resort has a lot of extras that i think are cool like the horse-drawn carriage rides and uh mm-hmm. bike rentals my favorite thing is you can take the boat to downtown disney I The first time I stayed there again, I knew about this, so I checked in, and it was a Friday night, and I rode the boat all the way from mm. Port Orleans down to downtown Disney. And it's about a 25, 30-minute ride. I was going to say that. And it is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It is Completely so like dark. Dark, and you are so like in the swamp of Florida. And, and they're playing the music, the banjo music, or the jazz, depending on what you're doing. Yeah, you're and you go past the treehouse villas as well. Those are fun to see. Yes. But on the way back, going, I, there was a, a gentleman that drove, and he did a nice job. But coming back, this little old lady drove the boat, and there was only like three of us on there. And she was so sweet, and she just told stories about things that she had seen, and she talked about... We had a, a a bear right over here one time that was getting into the trash cans and just very sweet and pleasant. And uh, I, I totally recommend if you stay at Port Orleans, take a night, go to downtown Disney for dinner and shopping yeah. and take the boat. You will not regret it. It's got one of the prettiest hub areas as far as, as, as you know, being up front where the check-in place is, the restaurant, their food court. Because you go outside and you've got that whole dock and the Sasagula River uh, it's just got a really good feel to it, especially at nighttime. And it's beautiful. Now, have you ever eaten at the food court there, Matt? I have. I'll just go ahead and say something about that. That's one of my favorite things about this is the um, – I think it's called the River Mill River Mill Food Court. Mm. Uh, it, favorite food court. And a lot of my bias towards Port Orleans Riverside is childhood because that's where we always stay. So it's got the most nostalgia packed in it of any resort. And the, so the the food court, the River Mill food court, is supposed to be like this big old water mill. I don't know that grinds, turns the water wheel and grinds corn or whatever they grind in the old south. 
cotton. Tobacco. Uh, <laughs> but inside, like, you see all the gears and the cogs or whatever. I'm thinking, like, a clock now, but you know what I'm talking about. And you yeah. see it turning, actually, on the inside. And it's just got a big, homey, you know, hardwood and low lighting kind of feel to it. Very, very relaxing. Nice place to hang out at night. After Compare that apart. to the food court over at the French Quarter, which is awful. Nightmare. It's oh. like a it's like a Twilight Zone n- nightmare acid trip all mixed into one. I had to go there to check it so out. It's got the big Mardi Gras stuff. Oh, yes, it is horrible. It's like the prop warehouse. If anybody remembers that yes. from the old Backlot tour, yes, that's exactly yeah. what it looks like with all oh. Mardi Gras scary clown things. Ugh. Not yeah. to mention they keep that very authentic, the French Quarter Resort. I know that's not a review of that. It's but like staying in the it's project. It's like staying in the French Quarter. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I haven't stayed there, but just looking at it, I like it, including the food court. But public house. You said homie for the food court, and I think that kind of uh, describes the resort as a whole. Like, because it's so expansive, you do kind of feel like you're in a way by yourself or just kind of staying on, like, a nice, um, not even Disney World resort, just a resort in general. And then you got the carriages driving by and all that kind of stuff. Well, that really is the benefit of the the, uh, moderate resorts because... The deluxe resorts, you don't really get the privacy because they are so busy with people, especially there around Bay Lake. You know, there's not really a feeling of you're being far apart from the rest of the chaos of Walt Disney World, yeah. where the moderates offer that, and the values definitely don't offer that. The values, well, you're stacked on top of one each other. So the moderates really give you that advantage of they're spread out. I'm thinking about Caribbean Beach. I'm thinking about Coronado Springs. You really have to walk a distance to get places. And if you like that, it's definitely got that. I'm going to say that when, when I think about deluxe resorts, of course, there's a big part of me that wants to be able to stay there and it be real nice and be close to everything. But there's also a part of me that really – and this might just be completely weird and it might be just the childhood memories kicking in. But there's a part of me that just really likes the motel aspect of the moderates. Something weird about you know just walking around outside and the door goes right outside and you walk into your nice cool room. I don't know. A word about the rooms is the Port Orleans, like a lot of the resorts, has recently, or in the past couple years at least, uh, updated a lot of their rooms. And uh, the one we stayed at in August this past year had a very heavy Princess and the Frog theme to it. Like, um, But it was classy, like just yeah. like silhouettes of some of the characters on the pillows. Actually, one cool thing, this is really cool, hanging up next to the the bed, you know, on the, that far wall where the thermostat is, there's a there's usually a print of some kind. It was a print of concept art for the Blue Bayou Lagoon and Restaurant wow. at New Orleans Square. Yeah, at Disneyland, and I thought that was really cool. The cool. bathrooms have all been, like, overlaid with hardwood-looking things. You got the two sinks, the curtain that separates, and... That was Derek's mom's favorite part of the room. Yeah, oh, the they, they showed no. up. No, the two things. They showed up before oh. we did. They checked in a little bit earlier because they were done at the park before we were. <laughs> and we got back, and she was like, she whispered because everybody was already asleep. She's like, Derek, they have two sinks, and they are outside where the shower is. Can you believe it? And then when I was explaining how in the, the next day to go to the bus stop, she was like, you mean the the bus stop is like like right outside our room? They'll just pick us up right there. I know Disney Aww. magic, mom. It's Disney, Disney magic. magic. <laughs> she really <laughs> fell for she fell for the magic as well. She really did. She was talking about already when I retire, we are coming down here, and she'll just look at the sinks. 
They're staying at Polynesian. They've got it all planned out. There's going to be three sinks at the Polynesian. Her mind's going to be blown. <laughs> as recently as 2009, when I was there last, they had a we had in the Alligator Bayou. You can sleep five people in a room, which is good for families that have that awkward number. Uh, but they had a trundle bed at that one. Hey, we were a family of five, and we didn't feel awkward, okay? <laughs> um, Only because you were number five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody else felt awkward, but they just didn't say it to my face. But your only option in some of those rooms used to be the trundle bed, which like was like a little pull-out cot from underneath one of the beds. And it really just kind of... <laughs> and then once they lay down in it, you slide them back underneath the bed. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> Don't the middle eight. child wasn't hard enough. You get the trundle no. bed now. But now they've upgraded, and there's no longer a trundle, trundle bed, but they all sleep five uh, now. And this one in August was really cool because where the TV is, below it is like this little shelf-looking thing. And you just pull it down, and a whole like little single bed pulls out of the wall, like a Murphy bed almost, except um, horizontal. And inside was this nice print of, oh, God, help me. I don't know the name of that alligator. Louis? Louis, Louis yeah. Yeah, Louis. yeah, yeah. Louis. Uh, I want to say Louis. I think okay, so, Louis, because Louis. Louis Armstrong is the real trumpet player, and it was like a... Yeah. yeah. Well, he's on there, and that was the only one that was like in-your-face character, and it was clearly him. But it was it was neat. And the little, uh, the little uh, one, uh, not one-year-old, little three-year-old Elias that was with us, uh, loved it. Like he was so happy that that was his bed because the big alligator on there and little uh, Roy Ray the Firefly Ray Roy Roy, Roy. Roy. <laughs> uh, that that was really cool. Now it did take up some of your storage space. Like you didn't have a lot of drawers. That was the downside. When you said below the TV, I thought you were about to say there was a drawer that you pull out with a pillow <laughs> and some sheets. Oh, <laughs> that anyway, would be cool. But now that you say that, I remember seeing pictures of that, and it is pretty cool. Yeah. So we all like this resort, it sounds like. Yeah, Matt, would you recommend staying there or somewhere else? Is this is this top moderate for you or is this somewhere Absolutely. else? This is top moderate. And that's coming a lot for me because I enjoy the tropical theme more. But just the overall feel of this resort puts it on the top of my, my moderate list. I enjoyed it. If you yeah. can't stay deluxe, stay moderate and stay Port Orleans Riverside. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we're going to be counting down our top... L- Five live shows at Walt Disney World. Stay tuned. All right, it's time for another countdown, and this time we're counting down our favorite five live shows at the Walt Disney World Resort. Um, I'm very interested to hear your list because this for me was really hard to narrow down and then put in an order. It was so much hard to. No, I'll tell. I'll tell that later. Okay. Well, let's get to it. Do you want to give your number five, Matt? Yeah, I'll go ahead and do my number five. I was going to say that it wasn't really so hard to narrow down as just really hard to think of live shows that I actually like. Oh. <laughs> I'm just not a I'm just not a live show kind of guy. I never have been. Every time I think about shows at a theme park, I think about my mom <laughs> wanting to go sit down and watch a show. Yep. You know, you want to ride the rides. But anyway, there yep. are some good ones. There are some really good ones, and Disney does everything high class. Well, some, but uh, number five on my list is uh, the Castle Stage Show that's been there for about seven years now. 
Dream Along with Mickey. Okay. Come join yeah. the party. A castle yeah. party. We're all it's, invited. Uh, <laughs> you gonna do the whole thing? You called? <laughs> this... <laughs> okay, this is the one that always scares me because it has... Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It has fireworks. And oh, so yeah. when I'm in a different part of the park and you hear like, boom, boom, and then there's like smoke and it takes me a few yeah. seconds to be like, oh yeah, the stage show. That's right. That's oh, right. and then everybody's like, oh, fireworks. No, not time. <laughs> not, not, yeah. not at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. It's uh. Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about the um the the moving mouths and 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 eyes oh, yeah. and faces. Because this was one of the first shows. It was the first show at Disney World, at least, to to um, premiere those. Like all the fate, all the not the face characters, but your well, your Fab Five: Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Pluto, Goofy. Not Pluto so much. They they, they all blink mm-hmm. and their mouths move in time with the with the um the words and the music and the lyrics. They also like blink and make facial expressions with their eyes depending on what they're saying or how they're exclaiming something, which is very impressive. The soundtrack is great, you know, classic Disney stage show bordering on the cheesy and awful, yeah. but just enough to make you really happy after having your cinnamon roll in the morning. So <laughs> And this is the one where they make you chant dreams come true right yes okay yeah but they have the background voices already recorded saying it just in case you don't <laughs> yeah oh and they also have the background kids like when Minnie asks um what are what your you, dreams like, you have like the pre-recorded i want to be a princess yeah no matt that same kid comes to every show <laughs> that's me actually i'm there every day young <laughs> uh, my number five is not really a show but we're playing fast and loose with the rules. And that is the Hollywood Studios Citizens of Hollywood oh, yeah. that entertain out on the street. I have never um, – well, I've never had a bad time watching them. They are always funny and fresh and entertaining. I will say that I prefer the World Showcase players over the Citizens of Hollywood. But the yeah, World Showcase that. players have left. And I really loved their um, – the World Showcase players in United Kingdom, but again, they're no longer there, so I'll default back to Citizens of Hollywood. They do a really kind of um, funny sketch that I've seen. Two of them. One, they do like a um, a joke sketch where they ask somebody, like, what's your job? And so if you're a teacher, they'll say, teacher, okay, uh, 99 pencils walk into a bar, and on the spot they have to come up with a punchline dealing with that subject pencils mm-hmm. or whatever's related and it's always very entertaining and you you know those guys to be that kind of they have to have some good skills to make some usually they're decently funny jokes yeah. i mean not like roll on the floor but you know corny funny <laughs> jokes that makes sense the other one i've seen them do is called where are you from and it's like they get in a circle and there's like 10 of them and they do a little chant and cheer and then one of them will run out of the crowd to people passing by who have no idea what's going on and get right in their face and go, where are you from? Or, you know, they'll ask him and their reaction, people are like, the Missouri. And so then they run back and all of them do the little chant. And then they say, Missouri. And then the next one goes and does it. And they repeat them over and over again, the way the person reacted. So sometimes they're surprised. Sometimes they're mad. Sometimes they're, they're crazy, whatever oh, it is. Yeah, that is it's cool. very entertaining. It's on YouTube. I've seen it. It may not be there anymore. This is but. different from the 
the the the, the three guys that kind of do the maintenance work. Yeah, right? yeah, they're included in this. Like one of them is at least in this every time that I've seen it. But I've this only is ever seen more... their thing all the way through. But the other guys I've seen a little bit of, and they yeah. are entertaining. This is more structured and has more of those characters in there. Very entertaining. I if you're there and they're doing a show, stop and watch uh, because it takes a lot of improv skills. Yeah. Because this is live. These things are live. They change every this time. Is live. Yeah, they think on their feet really well. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, props to them. I enjoy them every time I am able to catch their show. Okay, my number five is Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, Mm -hmm. which also requires the actors to think on their feet. I know this this show gets its hate probably because it's right there by like Buzz and Stitch, which also kind of get passed a lot. Um, I think it's great. I've been there a handful of times and have enjoyed it every single time because you never know what you're going to get exactly. It's always different. Jeremy and I are especially proud because one of our jokes makes it into the show I think every single time. I have been in there probably ten times and only once have has my joke not been included. And you've been that guy before too, right? Yes, yeah, I was that guy. And <laughs> that I was, was awesome. asked where I was from. Yeah, because they, they said they were going to guess where I was from and then they... Uh, they guessed, and I was just like, yeah, that's right. And they said, oh, we've never gotten that right before, or something like that. <laughs> um, I just, I think it's really fun. I, they, there's always one line that they say that always takes me off guard and catches me off guard and makes me laugh because I didn't see it coming. But. It is a great show. I, I am one of the ones that hates it because I think it's in the wrong place in Tomorrowland. Yep. But that aside... Wait. Every time I go to the show, the I, wrong place in Tomorrowland. It should move to the other side of the path in Tomorrowland. <laughs> it's in the wrong place. That being Tomorrowland. Yeah. Amen. That's the move it to Adventureland. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> Every time I go in there, I kind of laugh a little bit, and it's the fun. look of disgust on Matt's face as you're <laughs> processing that. You are, I'm sad our listeners couldn't see that. But anyway. I'm, I'm, I'll take a picture of it for you. Put it on the show notes. And I was every time I go in there, I laugh and have a good time, and I, I find it impressive for people. Like, oh, how are they doing this? But the whole execution just gets on my nerves. Like the screens and like the I don't I just don't. It's like I, f- I think the whole thing feels cheap. I hate Dream Along with Mickey. <laughs> no, I, I take it back. I take it back. Well, what what do you expect them to do besides screens? I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm not. You don't have to use that kind of thing just because you can. I guess is one of my things. Like you don't have to be the interactive thing just because you can do that. If it means you're going to use all projection screens. And try to pass it as a live show. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is, there is a limited portion of that that is live. I mean, obviously, Mike, his responses, and Roz, their responses are pre-planned and every time. It's a live show. I consider it live because the actors or the improv you people. You could. Are. Yeah, I could see what you're saying. I think because the monsters that are actually live are not, for lack of a better word, canon monsters to the Monsters, Inc. universe – and films, you could have possibly a walk-around character suited up as that, you know, uh, maybe yeah, come out on stage. This, like the talking Mickey, and I know all this is kind of like prototype work for the same thing, this interactive next-gen stuff, but if you could do it with the Mickey, if you could if you could make somebody's mouth move as they're saying the words, you got a better show already. Yeah, so if you just made a, a generic 
monster or generic generic citizen of the Monsters Inc. universe, it could come out and do that. I could see that taking that to the next level and still have Mike and Roz on the screens that you know as needed. Yeah, that would be great. I could see that. I don't think and Disney take would. that out of Tomorrowland. I don't know why it's not in Hollywood Studios to begin with. Yeah, I don't think Disney would ever fund that, but uh, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of money for an attraction they don't really have. To I've complete. always hoped it's there temporarily. Well, it's been there temporarily for a while. <laughs> okay, well, there are four more that beat it, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> Matt, tell us your number four. My number four, <laughs> and you're all going to like crucify me as soon as I say it because of what I have just said, but I will tell you why it makes sense. Oh, Turtle boy. Talk with Crush? Turtle Talk with Crush. I knew it! <laughs> I had never, ever bothered to see this because of I my hatred for this projected thing. But this past August, we were there with small kids, like, hey, let's do this. There's no way you go right in. And I thought it was very, very entertaining hmm. and very funny and very interactive. It's the same technology as Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. But you're only interacting with the character Crush, obviously, the, the sea turtle from uh, Finding Nemo. Okay, wait, this and, is in the Seas Pavilion in Epcot, right? Okay. Yeah, at the, at the seas with Nemo and friends, after you've gone through the ride, you're in sea base, what used to be sea base alpha, I don't even know what they call it anymore. And uh, so there's this little theater. It's a very small theater compared to most at Walt Disney World. And the reason I, I think it's different, pardon me for being a hypocrite if I am, is that it, the whole thing is that you're supposed to be looking through an aquarium glass into the aquarium tank where Crush is. And they've got this hydrophonic microphone uh, down in so you can talk to him and he can talk back to you. And it's, it's just on a smaller, more intimate scale. He picks out the kids like, hey, you in the orange shell or whatever. And uh, everybody in there was laughing and having a good time. And I thought it was, for lack of a better word, a very cute show. What do the, what do the kids say to him? I've never seen this. Well, he, he more or less is asking them questions, and it's a lot more on the interactive side than Monsters, Inc., because there's a lot more one-on-one -on -one interaction that can be had with a kid, like, where are you from, and uh, so on and so forth. And I'm sure that the show can change infinitely depending on who it is. But you have the whole show with one character doing pretty extensive conversation with kids and with some adults, too. Uh, it's just it's more believable because of the whole fact that it actually is supposed to be a glass and something behind it uh, more than live character or something like I feel like Monsters, Inc. should be. So number four, Turtle Talk with Crush. Right. I've never seen it, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Check it out. Don't be a hater. Well, my number four is back at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and that is the Voyage of the Little Mermaid show. And I'm getting some ugly faces. But the show overall is really well done. I enjoy the blacklight uh, puppets at the beginning when they sing Under the Sea. It's mm -hmm. a nice little show. I also enjoy the um, the feeling that the theater is underwater. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they use a good job with the lasers and the fog machines and even the mist that they project in there. You really get that sense that you're under the sea. The bubbles. And yeah, and it's a great show. I mean, you know, they, it has the, the, the songs that everybody loves. My only complaint is every now and then you get a bad Ariel that thinks that she's better than what she is. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just a... I 
Why, why did you make an ugly face, Derek? I just I think that show's terrible. I mean, he I, falls asleep in it every time. I, I, I've only seen it twice, and I fell asleep both times. And it's not be- just because I was sleepy. I just don't think it's very good. I made an ugly face because this is actually my number two. Oh, oh you guys! It's high on the list for me, and, and and it's probably just the retroness of it. I mean, it's it's one of the few remaining vestiges of Disney magic from the early 90s and as far as the show goes. Yeah, I could see that with the puppets that they... You know, got like, lasers. I mean, lasers. Like, <laughs> laser light show. Exactly. You know, just say that and it's got it. But the music is great and I love the theater and the feeling and the black lights and the, the mist. Everything that you like. That, and I kind of like, too, that the mist machines are so, like, old and not working well that they yeah. drip on you. Like, you actually yeah. get a little How wet is in there. this on your list? <laughs> this is just... It's just great. It's got lasers. I love how it drips on you. It's bad in a good Um, way. The ginormous uh, Ursula animatronic. I love it. I just, it's it's a great little, little show. Okay. And it's one of those things too that it's a show that I'm sure takes a lot of people to put together. Between the puppets and running everything. So it would have been very easy for them long ago to be like, let's cut this. We can do this. Yeah easier with less people but they've kept it and so i the think it's the uh, the rain curtain always gets an ooh out of the whole crowd <laughs> it's very Still. charming it's got charm to it it's okay. charm is the word there you go a little kitschy charm yeah number two on my list very and good. the queue is awful but it's got charm as well i like that little room i don't like the queue so much I like the little room the little holding room with all the the nautical stuff and oh tri- that makes me that's what i'm talking about it makes me claustrophobic because that net is like right over your head and i'm like if this thing falls we are dead yeah <laughs> that's my number four <laughs> that's dramatic you would die but <laughs> yeah. okay my number four is also in hollywood studios and it is beauty and the beast Live on stage. Okay, you cannot scoff at Voyage of the Little Mermaid if you're going to have Beauty Listen, and the Beast. I don't even. I, I don't even watch this show anymore <laughs> because yeah. it's hot. Obvious reads a hot mess. And like when the Beast runs out, like I wish he were. I wish it was just makeup and not like a boom, 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 like a See, big monster in a. I thought we were all in agreement that this show was awful okay because the first time we saw it together i remember when that beast came plopping out of there and he was like cookie monster and you were like no uh-uh. he reminds me of the muppet what's the muppet's name that shows up at muppets 3d Sweetums. Sweetums. yeah exactly and i'm like how is this romantic at all all those pink gaudy costumes and things i mean it's well, your turn I, I saw the show with the, with you all the first time and i thought the same thing but i did see the show a second time when my mother came down and I enjoyed it better the second exactly. time. Exactly. I watched it recently online. And I think it's because the first time I was comparing it to A, the movie, and B, the Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. It is neither of those things for sure. But it's got some it's got some pretty cool choreography, especially in the bell song and especially at the end with like the ballroom dancers. I think that's cool. Um, when the beast rises to life, it's like, oh, they covered him with a sheet. I don't know what's going on back there. <laughs> but still, and not rises to life when he turns back into a human. Um... <laughs> But I do, I do think it's pretty good. And the the one I saw online, and when we saw it, um, all the actors' singing voices were really good too. And you can't always say that at a Disney show. Listen, do I think that they should replace it with anything Tangled, Frozen, Princess and the Frog? Sure, but um, there's a reason it's been there for twenty some years. I, I just 
they, they, I think for the songs they've been given, they do what they can, and it's a good job. Something that's interesting to me is something about this that you don't see very much anymore, and that is Disney opened this show on the same day that the movie actually opened in theaters, which to me showed a lot of confidence that they were sure mm-hmm. that Beauty and the Beast was going to be successful. But it seems like today when a movie is successful, we have to wait years before they put mm-hmm. out an attraction. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking about you know how long before Tangle or how long did it take Tangle to be in theaters and be popular before they put in a bathroom? You know, so yeah. Yeah. A, it takes a long time where they really uh, were kind of ahead of the ball when it came to Beauty and the Beast. The second thing that I would like to comment about this is there is a great video, and maybe we'll put it in the show notes <laughs> of. Mrs. Potts falling over during the show and she <laughs> can't get back feet. up. There's her little legs sticking out trying to. Oh, God help. I hope the cast member wasn't hurt. I'm assuming not because it There's is a lot of padding. Yes. I mean, her legs moved quite a bit after she fell. I mean, I always like to think if I was that cast It's like a little bug that can't turn off of her back. Well, you know, I, she's just laying there. Again, I'm more of a claustrophobic kind of person than most, but I'm thinking, can you imagine being in that costume you fall over you're on your face and you cannot get up i would freak out anyways you're so terrified you're surprised to leave your house (laughs) he was gonna fall on me that's gonna die i'm gonna die oh my god i just don't like things like feeling like i'm going to be trapped in something that's like a vehicle No, if I have control over it, but oh, like see. you know, if, if, if there's uh, some spot custom, <laughs> that's why I don't dress up for it's Halloween anymore. Is because I want to be Mrs. Potts, but I'm scared I'll fall and nobody will be around. <laughs> it's gonna kick my legs. <laughs> oh, I'm kicking my legs right now. You can't see it. <laughs> Let's move on to our number three. <laughs> my number three is. Um, I can't believe this is on my list, but it, it made it on because Say of our it. trip. It's Finding Nemo the Musical. Uh-huh. Yeah. I have... Uh, now, look. I hate the theater. I, I hate where it is. I don't think it belongs in Dinoland. I don't really think it belongs anywhere in Animal Kingdom, to be honest with you. But uh, I guess it was with... And this is going to sound real cheesy. Being with little kids and seeing it through their eyes. And they were fascinated by the entire thing and we got to sit on the front row which I didn't think I was going to like but it was like right there and they were flabbergasted by it but the the, the music I've always kind of liked but it just grew on me for some reason this time maybe it was just seeing them have such a good time but it's it your, really did. it's your paternal instinct coming out Matt no I don't what, what don't you like about the actual theater I, I just think it looks like a big warehouse in the middle of Dino Land and then the the park bench seating is weird. Yeah, see, when they... Because that used to be an outdoor theater. It used to not have the walls. Oh, back the Tarzan. When it was Tarzan. And when they put the walls and they should have redone the seating. Because those seats... If you're going to have a 45-minute show, you got to do something a little better than those benches. Because my back oh, and butt... That's, it's a 45-minute show. And the reason... I think one of the reasons I used to hate it was because some of the first times I saw it was when it was new. And the line would be clear down to Chester and Hester to get on. But going with the kids and planning fast passes around them, not that I recommend using fast pass on it necessarily, we did use fast pass on it. So we got to go right in, sit down, no waiting, and it was uh, it was very enjoyable for that reason. 
Well, it's number three on my list as well, Finding Nemo the Musical at Animal Kingdom. And I do agree that perhaps the theater location is not the best, but I do think it belongs in Animal Kingdom because it's fish. And where else do you have fish represented in Animal Kingdom? Uh, Maybe if they had – like they totally should do this. I'm serious. Maybe if they had like a – and they might not because of SeaWorld. But if they had like an aquatic marine life section, not only – give you great area for some good rides and attractions but that'd be a great area for this too i think it'd be hard since they already have something similar at epcot to do it duplicated there but i do know what you're saying but i love the music as well i own the soundtrack i know every song i sing it often um i love the movie of course so it just it goes hand in hand perfectly but seeing after you see it a few times i do understand how it can kind of become old at least the, the 45, full 45 minutes of it. But it, you cannot deny the puppets are amazing. Oh, yeah. um, the crush is amazing, the, the turtle. And it does have some humor in it that the movie doesn't have, per se. You know, a couple of scenes. It's great. Like the penguins. How are we flying? <laughs> yeah, you know, little things yeah. like that. For the first couple minutes of seeing it for the first time, People are a little thrown off because you've got the live actors operating the puppets, kind of like uh, who they, these people also produced the show Avenue Q, I mm-hmm. think, yes. with the puppets, and there were the actors beside them. And so the actors are operating the puppets, but instead of hiding the actors, you can see them completely and their faces, and they also act as if they are the character along with their puppet. And you'd think that would be weird, but after a few minutes, it's just seamless because they're so good at it. And also the music, the music that they've written just for this musical, because the movie isn't a musical, uh, fits really well with the original soundtrack, almost to the extent where you you can't even watch them think about the movie without thinking about these songs now that you've seen it. Yeah, and they use a lot of the the original dialogue from the movie as well, because I'll watch the movie now and hear the line, and I'll sing the next line that yeah. comes with it. But the music, that since you brought it up, Robert Lopez and his wife, which is named Kristen, I think, they did the music for Avenue Q, Book of Mormon, the musical, and also Frozen. They do uh, find some very skilled, capable actors for that show. I will give that to them. Um, Okay, my number three is also Animal Kingdom, and it is Festival of the Lion King. I don't say death. I like the show a lot. Um, I don't, what I don't love, I'll start with that, is when they make the audience make the animal sounds. <laughs> and they say, okay, you, your section are the giraffes. What sound? I, I don't like that part. But I do think they really captured, like, the African feel of the Lion King and didn't make, like, a straight up just um, recreation of Lion King that you've seen in the theater or in your home or whatever. They didn't just go that route. They kept the songs, but they turned it into more like a celebration of African culture. What with the, the dancing and then like the, the, well, this, this isn't African, but the gymnastics with the monkeys, the tumble monkeys, um, the floats are kind of cheesy, but also kind of funny when you watch them for a long time, the giant Pumbaa who's like singing along. Um, (laughs) I just think yeah. it's a lot of fun. And it was especially cool this last time seeing it with my nephews who just loved it. They were two and three at the time. I'll pull the kid card. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it before then, but especially see, I just, I didn't expect them to like it as much as they did. But from the first song to the last song, they were clapping along and trying to see over everybody's heads. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really fun show. It's- Maybe it's where we were 
I'm sorry, you go. I was going to say, it is my number two show. Ah. Because I... Wait a second. This is not an accurate list. You put Festival of the Lion King above Finding Nemo? Yes, and I'll tell you the reason why. Because as I've seen both shows a lot of times, I find myself defaulting to Festival of the Lion King hmm. because of the time issue more than anything. Yeah. And... and I mean, I, I love both shows equally, but if I'm in the park and I, I had to pick one, it's usually Festival of the Lion King. And also, you're right. I love the celebration aspect of it because it's not just a rehash of the movie, but it really is you feel like you kind of have elements of the movie that are there that you appreciate, but it's something new and different as well. And the mm-hmm. Tumble Monkeys are great. I remember the first time we saw the show, it was the t- Timon's face did not move, but now they have the... Uh, talking Timon there as well, which really adds to the show more than what you would think. I really like all the colorful costumes too, and the, the guys on stilts who come by. Like, they're just some really cool elements that are so simple, but they add a lot okay, to it. Okay, what you get with this is four recycled floats from an old Disneyland parade. Okay, well, the floats aren't the main point of the show. This is why they are forced to make one section of audience the giraffe, because hey, a giraffe is what we got. And then, hey, let's make it interactive and make them make noises. And the giraffe makes like a sheep noise. Well, they make that in real life, yes. Well, it's like, I don't know. Anyway. It's a baying noise. Maybe it's where we sat in August. We sat up like in the back section of one of the bleachers. And it's almost like they could have just shut off that room. Like, mm. yeah, it's like curtains on the left, curtains on the right, <laughs> curtains here. And like our viewing area was like just above your head. It's like you could see down into the theater. Was this the new theater? Yeah, it was the new theater in the Harambe Village or whatever they call it now. Yeah. Which itself feels kind of forced. Like, it's just stuck back there. They decorated a bunch of walls. To, it's like a Diagon Alley, except Africa. Well, you definitely don't have to... You never sit in the, in the sheep section. You always sit in the other animals because they are more fun. But you're right. It was supposed to be a temporary show because when Animal Kingdom opened, and like any park... It's heavy on the shows because you run out of money building other things. But mm-hmm. I think it is a testimony to it is a good show because it has lasted this long and been duplicated in other parks where it did not have to be. Okay. My number two is kind of like your street sphere, and it's over in Epcot's World Showcase, and it is the Voices of Liberty. I think they're great. I want to be one of them one day. <laughs> except you probably I, could. Hey, you could. I really do kind of want to do it, except I don't, I don't want to have to do like the cheesy smile where they're like, we're singing about Art Nation America, and you're going to love it because uh, yippee-ki-yay. I don't know. They're just so... Derek happy. hates America. <laughs> <laughs> yippee-ki-yay. That's <laughs> that hard. What do you say? Yankee Doodle Dandy. I don't know. Hoop to do hello. Hoop to do hello. They're just so excited. But... I really like listening to them. Um, they definitely pull me into. Yeah, they're great. Well, I'm I'm actually mad at myself because they slipped my mind, and they totally would make my list. I don't think I just, I just wasn't thinking of them as a as a. An, I was thinking attractions, I guess. But yeah, they're on there. Somewhere. They definitely would have been on my top probably three. Yeah. And because I never never miss them. Well, oh, I yeah. say never, but I always make it a point to see the Voice of Liberty. Sometimes I watch America, uh, American Adventure just because I wanted to hear Voices of Liberty, and then I'm like, well, I'm already in here, so I might as well go see American Adventure. But their harmonies are so tight, and they mm-hmm. they do some really cool renditions of old songs. 
they are even better at Christmas when they sing mm. the Christmas carols and things. I love it even more, and they're wearing the, the Victorian garb as well. And that's the one thing I think I appreciate about them when it comes to both their American traditional songs and also their Christmas songs. Is you know a lot of theme parks and corporations really have become generic in a lot of ways, and Disney, especially with the Voice of Liberty, they don't. They still sing very deep. Uh, unapologetic American songs and also mm. deep spiritual songs at Christmas time with, you know, it's not just jingle bells. Yeah. Right. They added them to Disneyland for like a hot second. And I remember seeing tweets. Everybody was so excited because they added them to great moments with Mr. Lincoln just before it was like a pre-show, hmm. but then they only lasted for a few months and then they went away. And I just feel like, especially in California where all the talent, not all the talent, but you know, like people go to LA to, for that kind of stuff. Well, and thinking about of that queue, of that waiting area, though, I don't think that's necessarily a good area to no, have. No, they did them. it on stage. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. well, the curtains were still closed, and they would stand in front of the curtains and do it. Now, maybe because, like, 20 people go to that show. They were on stage with the Mr. Lincoln. Um, I, I, my wife loves them because she's from Tennessee, and every time they do a they do a little segment, and they always say, "Well, this country of ours has got many great states, and blah blah blah." And here's a song about one of them. It's always Rocky Top. Yep. Every last time it's Rocky Top. But I've heard the show without Rocky Top. But yes, Me when too. they make that statement, it is always Rocky like, Top. Why, why, there's lots of other songs you could sing, like Illinois, you're the state <laughs> of Lincoln. Like Carolina on my mind. Oh yeah. Georgia on my mind. Uh, oh yeah, it's gone to Carolina in my mind. I know, but that would be really awkward for them to sing an arrangement of that. Gone <laughs> <laughs> to Carolina. <laughs> they could do Oklahoma. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, the Missouri Waltz. That is the state song of Missouri. Hmm. Anyway, I like them. <laughs> they good. Matt, you're number one. I think we're all gonna have the same number one. Probably so. Maybe not. Yes, because. The door was left open. Let's all say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Indiana Jones. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> What'd you say, Matt? Fantasmic. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's got to be. I was be. kidding. Mine's fantastic. Fantasmic. Well. I mean, just mind-blowing Disneyness. Yes. Absolutely. And I remember this was, this was great because... Our first, it's got a lot of memories for me and you guys because our first trip, it was the very last thing we did, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. We did our last night at Hollywood Studios and we watched that. Yeah. And I remember thinking that you guys may or may not like it. And then like after it was over, you guys were like, that was the best thing all week. <laughs> it was. I went home saying that is the single best thing at Disney World. Yeah. It's terrific. Well, I have said I am a sucker for Disney melodies and medleys, and I am. But I think what I'm a sucker for totally is anytime you can mash up Disney stuff and put them together and it's well done, like crossovers and things, I just love. And so I I just love the whole show because that's really just a celebration of all things Disney. But I especially love the princess medley in that with the bar. You know what? I will give this to you, though. That is a fantastic medley i cannot even hear part of your world anymore yes. without singing the backup without <laughs> inserting your imagination yes. i but can't even i can't even hear it let me say this as well 
since you all rolled your eyes at my princess medley. I also love the bubble scene with the mix of the different <laughs> Disney songs. You know, when all the yeah, and they have the different uh, anime. They don't have that in California, which surprised me because that's really to me very. But they have elephants on parade. They've got like yeah. the ten minutes of Pinocchio dancing, right? That and pink elephants on parade. Yes. I got no strings. <laughs> Just you like can't that. see this. You can't see what I'm doing. I'm doing marionette. They've puppet. also got the Peter Pan uh, stunt show hundreds of feet into the air. <laughs> 200 feet, you said. 200. <laughs> show number two. From the top of Tower of Terror comes yeah. the Peter Pan. <laughs> oh, people killing themselves is what that would be. No, but fantastic. I think people just, especially when you take first timers there, they don't. There's no way your mind can comprehend all that you're going to see. Because you've seen Wishes, and Wishes is great. You've seen Illuminations. But when you add fireworks with characters, with uh, water screens, with you know the, the Steamboat Willie ship, and all that kind of stuff, it really is impressive. And it. top on that, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big on setting a proper atmosphere. So if it was up to me... The pre-show music would be something more orchestral or classical Disney. But for some reason, in that setting, and it's always like the end of the night, you know, everybody's, you know, having a good time and they're selling those light things and you got a snack. For some reason, the crazy Disney techno remix stuff just works. It does. And it just makes you feel good. Everybody starts the wave. I've never been there without the wave, (laughs) except Matt. I don't know if you ever experienced this, but I experienced it one time, and I wish you were there because I knew you would hate it. They tried out for a time having those those people come down and do Disney trivia. Did you ever see that? No. Oh, my gosh. It was like the hosts from the American Idol experience. Like I guess they paid them an extra hour of overtime. And in the like 20 minutes before Fantasmic starts, all of a sudden you hear them down at the front with their microphone. Hey, everybody. I hope you're having a great day at Hollywood. We're going to do some Disney trivia. And I remember rolling my eyes and be like, this is going to be awful. And it was terrible. And I wish you guys would have been there because we could have hated on it together. But it only lasted like two weeks and they got rid of it because people well, hated it so much. Like, what in the world? I hmm. guess they were trying to keep you know something new trying because they figured they have thousands of people there who are hot and tired and they need some entertainment. I, but. It's a great show. There's not enough good things to say about it. And that I was love the first when... time I saw water screens and so that alone was like that is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> of course now it's pretty standard but still. From the live action to that, and the, I won't give it away, but the special effect at the end with Mickey is still like, how do they do that? I love the um, when you're with a good audience that kind of understands the show as well, and mm-hmm. they know when to clap. Like when Mickey first comes on and they clap, and thing, and then at the end when that special thing happens and they clap. To me, I, that just gives it's me got cool. a really big. Let's say it that way. It's got a really big payoff. Yes, yeah. like what you think should happen at this show happens. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because listening to the soundtrack at, at that moment when that happens, it's not... It, I almost think it was intentionally subliminal because it's not like in-your-face applause on the soundtrack, but there's this sound that happens on the soundtrack kind of like when, you know, you used to do applause for yourself and you were a little like the... <sighs> if you listen to the soundtrack, I promise. I've been listening for that. It happens, and you're like, it just makes you think people are, I don't know, everybody usually erupts in applause anyway, uh-huh. but it's great. It makes me shout. It gives me goosebumps. 
I have church at Walt Disney World. <laughs> I even love when the lights go down and what's the uh, our pal Mickey Mouse is about to yeah. with just welcome that whole narration. Welcome to Fantasmic. Yeah. yeah, it's that welcome to Fantasmic and everybody starts clapping. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you miss the next three lines she says. But <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that when they first pitched this show, like people thought they were crazy to do something as extravagant as what is. But I'd like to think that the spirit of Walt was there and they persevered because I really – to me, I think Walt Disney would, would approve of that. There's a lot in the parks today that I, I think he wouldn't approve of. Phantasmic is definitely one of those. That's one of those that he would. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't phrase that right. <laughs> Walt Disney is one of those that he would approve of extremely and totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My family has now been twice, and both times has opted. No, no, no. The first time, it was not showing on either night that we went, because we just spent two days in the park. And I was like, this is the most depressing thing ever. All I wanted to do was show them Fantastic. And then the second time, they were all too tired and didn't stay for that part. Well, they tried that, and it don't work, I guess, because they do every night showings now. Yeah, yes, they I saw that. Thank it's goodness. It's like during the economy recession or whatever. They Yeah, when we were in Disneyland, they only showed that on Friday and Saturday. So. That's understandable. Yeah, it was really sad that because like Derek's mom and dad and sister and brother-in-law. They would like, all love it. They would absolutely, <laughs> but they would... They had the children, you know, and they went back to the room. And we even tried to get them to, like, come back to the park. And they were like, no. So next trip. When they retire. That's right. It's a great show. It's a great show. It's one of those things that you have to convince. You almost have to convince first-timers that they you really want to see this. Because I don't know if it just, like, hits them as this is just fireworks that I have to wait for or something. I don't think people comprehend, like you said, the show. But once they see it, it's uh, it, it's mind blowing. And yeah. one of the few things at Disney that I don't think you can oversell. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Unless you just really hate Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one down part. But even that has enough special effects and stunts yeah. to keep you entertained. Yeah, it's not bad. But when she shows up, you better believe that crowd cheers when she just stands there and looks all righteous, like staring into the sky. I know. It's like, hey, what are you clapping for? It's Pocahontas. People like Pocahontas. <laughs> they, do. they do. My mother <laughs> my mother and sister are huge Pocahontas fans. That's and I, I don't hate her as much as you all hate her, but... Yeah. It's like... It's like... And I'm one of these people. It's like people that like the McRib. <laughs> I love the McRib, what? but it's like the, it's like the one in twenty people that just love the McRib. It's like you like Pocahontas. <laughs> and on that note, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. That's our top five shows. We want to hear yours, so please uh, send us your top five to comments at madchatters.net or uh, tweet us at mad underscore chatters or go tell us on Facebook where uh, the Mad Chatters. Um, be sure to review us on iTunes if you haven't yet. We would just really appreciate that. And all the Pocahontas fans, send us Facebook messages and tweets and things. We want to know where you're at. We want to know which one of our listeners is the one who likes Pocahontas. And if you like the McRib, you can send me a McRib. (laughs) And send Matt a McRib. All right, well, that's it. Thanks a lot for listening, and be sure to tune in next week. Bye. Listen with your heart. You will understand.